November 20th, 21st, 2019. This is the real the real to jump off with your host Walter Damager. And Rob the Jetta. What's going on, good brother? All right, good brother. Again, we we also have uh our uh, studio guest. Our returning uh, guest. Right. Returning guest. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We yes. so happy to have you back, uh, good brother. Thank you for coming in. No problem. No problem, brothers. Yes, sir. So let's touch back off on this, uh, the Kaepernick thing. I know yesterday I've encountered some uh, technical difficulties, but I'm sure that I will be uh, fully broadcasted tonight. I will ensure that we'll have a good uh, podcast. So touching up, uh, more developing uh, news um, coming out now over these days, uh, over this Kaepernick uh, controversy. Are we in? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Rob, you there? So so what's your take on it, Doc? What's your uh your full span what's going on? What's going on with this uh situation with Kaepernick? I, I think it's uh some bruised egos, uh feelings. Uh, on on the heart of uh, Stephen A. Smith, as well as others who uh, jumped out there so fast to make a comment about the situation. As a as a journalist, as a um, paid analyst, he should have done his due diligence, and he sort of failed to do that. And he took a position, and he sort of been digging his heels in the sand about, you know, minimizing or um, making light of this waiver and these stipulations that Kaepernick had to sign in order to perform or go and do this workout. And he, uh, you know, said he's not, uh, he said he's not selling out, he's looking out, you know. And then when he, you know, had his position, and uh, and and so many people have come out and, and pointed out the importance of doing your due diligence, like Kaepernick and his camp has done, and and Stephen A. has egg on his face basically for taking the NFL, NFL side, you know, full face value, you know, one hundred percent without you know questioning their motive. And he often says, if someone brings up, you know, Kaepernick's position or or their perspective about the, the contract or the waiver, he said, well, that's what that's according to them. That's according to them. Like, but you're going to just take the NFL side, like like they wouldn't have any ulterior motive, which so many people have since uh, the event Saturday have pointed out. 
And so, he, you know, he asserted himself, like we said yesterday, he asserted himself into this whole mix. And now his feelings is hurt because he's, look, he, he watches uh, and he reads Twitter and all the social media and people coming at his neck and he can't see his flaw or he fails to realize that he made a mistake. He doesn't want to admit that he made a mistake. Right. But he's been backpedaling. He's been backpedaling, trying to say, oh, I've always been supportive of Cap, and I was this, I was that. I do stuff at HBC. Great stuff, Stephen, eh? But just admitted that you messed up, bro. Just you right. messed up. That, that's, that's the hard part, I think, that uh, Stephen A. A. Smith is um, experiencing right now. Um, you know, as I mentioned in the last podcast, I said that, I, I in my opinion, he committed uh, journalism malpractice. Uh, because he did a couple of things. Um, number one, as you mentioned, uh, Dr. Wright, he shouldn't, you shouldn't never insert yourself into the story. That's, that's what he, uh, exactly what he did. Then the other piece is you have to be able to check at least two sources at minimum, should be three, but at minimum, at least two sources. He got one source. He got the call from the NFL late Saturday night when he uh, when they saw that Kaepernick was having this uh, broadcast uh, live stream workout, and it, you know don't take a genius to see it. You know if you were if, if, if you were tuned into it and you were able to read comments, almost all the comments um, were were uh, positive and in favor of of uh, uh, Brother Kaepernick. Uh, a lot of people said that he, I mean, the video speaks for itself. He still looks good. He actually is uh, in tip top shape. I mean, I, I know when he, you know, while he was still in the league, when he turned vegan, he lost a little bit of muscle mass. Um, you know, when it working out, he, he clearly showed that he, he, he got that back to where he was when, you know, during the Super Bowl years. Footwork was, was, was spot on that they could criticize him as far as his workout because if he out if he was out there throwing bounce passes and things like that the the NFL scouts say hey well we, we we weren't there but we saw it on YouTube and the guys y'all saw for yourself the guy can't play move on end of story you know so what they did when they saw things were going the way they were going because they you know like I said at the click of a thumb they could see what you do they could see just like they saw what we saw they contacted Stephen A they fed him the talking points and he read directly from those talking points and he went live with it. Now, reason why I say this was journalism malpractice is because you could tell from what Stephen A said, then if you look at it on like on the Sunday shows, um, you know, on the Sunday football shows, almost all the paid black, and they were all former athletes, black analysts, all fell in line with the talking points. They, they were saying exactly the same thing that Stephen A was saying. Dude, does Kaepernick want to play? Which is absurd. It was the most idiotic thing. You know, even one, one brother that I have had tremendous respect for, uh, uh, Tony Dungy, who actually, y'all brother's a little bit younger than I, um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to show my age a little bit. But when Tony Dungy was in... Um, uh, you know, he played for years for the Steelers, but he went, people don't know this, but when he came out of college, he was a quarterback and he was switched to uh, uh, to defensive back when he got to the pros. Uh, so he, he of all people, should know, you know what I mean, you know, the politics behind 
being a black quarterback and the pressures of being a black quarterback when you come on to the NFL. He was given two choices. You either play D-back or you go to Canada to play. So, so Stephen A ran with that. Okay, and this guy, you know, you know, hey, listen, up until this point, this guy was well respected in the industry. He had a lot of respect from not only the uh, former players, but the current players. And then today, I think he got smacked in the face. He saw a lot of, he saw a lot of, like you said, uh, Dr. Bright, he, he caught a lot of uh, hits on Twitter. You know, of course, you know, they, they, they ain't nothing but trolls. Rob Cooper, he ain't nothing but a troll. He's an idiot. What does he know? Right? But I think when he brought Terrell Owens on, Terrell mm. Owens on. Yeah. And Terrell Owens, in, in the most calmest fashion, yeah. said to him, yeah. he didn't come out and say, you know, you call him a Tom right, right straight. He said, yo, man, word on the street is that Max is more blacker than, is blacker than you are. Right. And 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 you should have seen, I mean, you know, and, and those who, who did not see it, go on YouTube, watch it, and don't even listen to what, what Owen said. Look at his reaction and read the body language off of Stephen A. Smith. Oh, yeah. He was ready to kill over, man. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. We, we saw that. Yeah. And then, then, uh, before before you uh, uh, get into your spiel, Doc, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Uh, I just want to um, address the elephant in the room. We're talking about the psychological warfare for the minds. Um, there's definitely telltale signs of it being two Americas. Yeah. Uh, and with that being said, we have the old slave mentality, the old ancestors uh, mentality, where individuals tend to latch on the sound bites and latch onto bits and pieces of information rather than going out and exploring and delve and like delving into research mm -hmm. to get the more formidable and the more reputable information but they rather get it from something that's just told to them and run with it. Yeah. And I think that's a, a great disservice to the African-American uh, play. Well, well, I'm glad you, you raised that, Brother Wall. Um, several things, um, you know, not only to America, but even within the black community, you have folks who are, you have conservative folks. I mean, you have a wide spectrum of people. Uh, not everybody describes to the same sort of methods of approaching a particular problem and they'll go about it differently as right. you mentioned as it was mentioned on the show um you know Stephen a uh i guess his mother is um is from the islands or he's from the islands so i'm not not to not to paint a brush that all island folks are subservient individuals but sometimes some folks you know from the islands or even you know folks you know who have a more conservative uh, viewpoint will sort of toe the line and accept the unfairness um, as a way of moving on, you know, pulling yourself from the bootstraps. And this goes way back, you know, <laughs> the, you know uh, um, uh, the boys versus Booker T and all those, you know, little historical on this stuff. So, and then Malcolm versus Martin, you know, in, in the earlier parts of their, of their lives. So all this to say is that, you know, Stephen A has a viewpoint and uh, approach to things and it's different from the more progressive that Kaepernick chose to approach it. And I believe right. it goes back to uh, 
well not only what, what brother cooper mentioned about being uh called uh max being called blacker but he also read that you know there was jokes that you know the the african-american contingent is going to trade stephen a for uh him and uh, for, for max right. Kellerman. and then uh, and on top of that it's, and then all these jokes about we're gonna you know um Max is getting all these invites to the barbecues, you know, this coming summer. So it's just like, man, this dude is really taking the hit. So he's definitely personalizing um, this whole issue. So his his feelings is hurt because then he started to, you know, try to again walk some things back and say, I was involved in helping to orchestrate this sham of a show of things that that Captain is supposed to get this this trial. I'm not. I'm saying take that back. He was involved in this or helping to see that the other owners uh, come and, and witness uh, Kaepernick at the uh, Atlanta Falcons facility. And he was right. like, him and other people, you know, Jay-Z and other folks have been working behind the scenes to help this brother. We're trying to help this brother. And then I guess his feeling was hurt when the brother said, hold on, I, you know, maybe I appreciate the help, but what y'all are offering isn't a good deal for me. So, th- so therefore, I have to, you know, go with a uh, plan B. And since you owners are in town, only an hour away, close to the airport, come on by Riverdale, Riverdale, and check check me out. And they could have done that, but no, they can't. They can't just up and change things. But this whole thing was so rushed, and no one was sort of just take a step back. And I guess the the, the main problem is that the NFL has been silent. Well, while they're giving out these talking points, they haven't come out and said. X, Y, or Z, or defended uh, their um, position on the um, the contract, the, the, the difference there. No, they let Stephen A. Whitlock and all those other folks put up some smoke screen, and that he is uh, disgraceful. And then, oh, and not to mention, he's wearing a Kunta Kinte shirt. How can he wear a Kunta Kinte shirt? Like, man, y'all's, you know, it, it, that, that was just another way to. Oh, he's offended people. And then on his radio show this afternoon, again, this dude is drawn as he uh, sunk his, his heel so deep in the sand, it's pitiful. You know, right. some, of his, 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 some of his diehard fans have been like, yo, man, you was wrong. He's like, no, I wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong. This is my show. And I'm doing this. That's why they pay me because of my position. I'm like, yeah, they pay you because you know how to told line. Just like he, he got shut down when he spoke out uh, a support of Ray Rice. And saying, well, you know, what role does she play in that? Oh, you know, white America went crazy. Well, we got to shut right. him down. So he right. said, you know what? I'm not going to make that mistake again and go against the machine because the machine is what pays me the salary that he likes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's ironic. It's interesting because the first time, I'll just go, go a little bit of history on me and my background in, in, in journalism and, and, and worked at sports radio. Uh, WIP when I got out of college in Philadelphia. Uh, actually, you know, I actually fell in love with with Stephen A. Smith back in 1995 when I was still living in, in, in Philadelphia, and he was uh, a, a little known beat writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and he was also a fill-in talk show host on WIP 610 AM at that time. And what, what, what attracted me to this brother in the first place was his uh, defense of Randall Cunningham. 
uh, who those of us who are Eagles fans that grew up in in the city of, uh, of Philadelphia, Randall took so much unnecessary heat from the white media, and uh, I was like, wow, this is refreshing. This is a brother that's going against the grain. He's on, you know, on the station that that that's giving you know Randall the most hell, and you know this young sportscaster is laying into the Philadelphia public who can't recall him, you know, who calling and he, he his defense with Randall Cunningham was unlike no other. So uh and then, you know, of course, you know, he he rode he was a Philadelphia 76ers beat writer and of course he rode Allen Iverson's coattail. Allen Iverson was drafted that, that next year, I believe nineteen ninety six and he rode uh AI's coattail all the way to where he's at right now. So let's be clear. Stephen A Without AI, you wouldn't be where you at. Let, let's be total 100. Um, um, he was nothing but a little-known sportscaster for the Philadelphia 76ers and AI. But but hey, listen, I ain't hating on him. He, he's where he at because he, he he's a he's a, a very good journalist and was worth every penny of that $8 million that he uh, signed with. And the, But that's why I'm criticizing him now because you're supposed to be a professional. You, you, you're the highest paid, so you are the leader in the industry you right. know so and I, you know my expectations I, I of you go ahead yeah I, but no, I, go think, ahead. I don't go realize i don't think he realizes his his power that he has right. as you know and that platform that he has and i even echoed some of your sentiments about Stephen a uh and i remember when he had his his talk show um i forget it was like late night or Stephen a or i forget what it was and he would often bring people and he was he was bringing some real issues to light because i remember he used to have uh this brother i know uh, leonard moore who's a professor down at uh, ut austin now but he was at lsu at that time and leonard moore was a brother who was always advocating for athletes um at the collegiate level you know being aware of of certain things and, and you know making sure that they're uh, conscious about some of the things that was happening and uh, he would bring him on his show and I, Iverson and, and others and, and sort of talk, you know, real issues about, you know, black athletes and, and sports and social issues, too. So he had a show on the platform then. <clears throat> but now I think his like I said, sometimes you start to drink your own water or believe that you're bigger than um, anything. You know, because he, you know, I watched how he, you know, he checks Max and Max, you know, was sort of um, deferential to him. Like, yeah, you know, I've grown and, and gained popularity uh, because of this show. Cool. But like, look, bro, you still are replaceable, just like anyone else. And and even though you, you know, have done great things, you cannot you have to be able to receive criticism. And that's where I think that he's like, look, I've, I've made it this far and nobody can't tell me, blah, 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 blah. But you're the first ones to sort of point out other people who, you know, making flaws. Like, well, Captain didn't take no questions. He listened on the show today. I'm not taking no, no, I don't want no, uh, no guests. I just want to talk. Blah, blah. I'm like, come on, man, you're doing the same thing. Doing the same thing. You, you know, what I'm starting to become very afraid of is the platforms that our race uses to uh, validate our sort of like coming of age. It's like they're using the entertainment to like 
folly what our actual progressions is. Right. So you'll have somebody like Stephen A. Smith and and they in America take him as the front man right. of knowing what we actually need and what we not want in our community. They'll take people like Jay-Z. Oh, he's the mouthpiece for African Americans. He, he know what they want. Kanye West, uh, Michael Eric Dyson and all these other people. When in fact, all they are are commentators. I mean, they may have some historical, I mean, accountability that they, they uh, participated in and can give a little bit to. But for the most part, they're not the, the Louis Farrakhan's. They're not the, the Malcolm X. They're not the Martin Luther Kings that can actually get out there and fight and, you know, you know, promote what we need as an agenda for our cause. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things too, it, I think uh, this, you know, this this discussion has uh, brought to light some um, some things. And uh, Dr. Wright, you were uh, you were speaking on um, the waiver thing. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, you know, there's some things that that uh, especially when Stephen A. came out again, and, and so you know, uh, producing this waiver that uh, Brother Kaepernick supposedly had signed. Um, back in uh, 2011, I guess when he was a rookie, um, and they're trying to make they're trying to somehow say that this is similar to the waiver that was presented to him on 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 Saturday. Again, Stephen A., you're you're bringing out you're taking a narrative you're allowing the NFL to control this narrative through your mouth. Uh, so let's talk about this. But then, but when that waiver was released. <laughs> A couple of uh, agents, you know, were alarmed and say, "We've never seen this." So you mean tell you, our, our players are signing this, and we never had a chance to look at this waiver or vet this waiver out. So you know, when were y'all gonna tell us about this waiver? So, well, so a lot of things are coming to light on that. Yeah, well, I think a lot of you know, not only this waiver, but also when athletes often, not not, not just athletes people who don't know quickly sign things without really reading over it like what am I signing <coughs> and and then when you challenge it because we've done it so you know I said we I'm excluding myself mm-hmm. we sign these things not realizing that we are then limiting our or, or waiving our right to you know file a, a lawsuit or, or a civil suit, things of that nature. So they're like, well, just sign a paper and we'll figure it out. We'll figure out the details later. No. No, we don't do that. We make sure that everything is lined up, goes back and forth between uh, lawyers. But we don't, again, it's going back to reading and then just doing that due diligence. And what the league did, according to you know, a lot of these different reports, because they were trying to limit Kaepernick's ability to then sue if he didn't get a job later. Because like I said, it was clear that he could still play. So right. why are you, you know, well, no, well, he can't sue us anymore. It's like, no, you don't, you don't include that. If the waiver's about his health or about the liability, about liability risk, that'd been one thing. But his lawyer sniffed it out and said, hey, this isn't quite right. So we're not going to sign it. 
if you don't sign it, then we're not going to have this um, uh, workout. So, so it's, it's it's egregious for Stephen A. to sort of minimize the the waiver and Kaepernick's choice and decision not to sign it because it, the potential of future things that he could possibly build. You know, like I said, Kaepernick is playing chess while Stephen A. is playing checkers. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it's um, you know it's sad that this brother can't just say you know what. I, I, since that's not my expertise, I'm no lawyer. Let me bring in some lawyers and own this thing. But he doesn't. He didn't do that. If he was such a, as thorough as he claims he is, some some legalese into the discussion. Here's some lawyers talking about, you know, what would happen if he would have signed this thing. Now I just yeah. got uh, a breaking news story saying that. The botched NFL workout can strengthen the case for a second collusion lawsuit. Yeah, what, it just what? came through. Yep. I yep. just, I just, yeah, it just came through that um, there's a possibility that a second collusion lawsuit may be in the work. Yeah. Right. Well, and and that, I think they they were kind of sniffing that. Uh, and, and of course, we didn't have an opportunity to see what uh, Brother Kaepernick signed because that was uh, confidential. Uh, so we, we did not get a chance to sign. So I don't know if there was an expiration date on that, uh, on that settlement. Uh, you know, you can't sue within, you know, and, 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 and hey, if I'm capping that people, I would do the same thing, put maybe a, a 24 month um, um, term on it or something like that, you know, um, just like any other type of non-compete that, that uh, we, we see in, in, in the corporate world. So, um, you know, again, but by this guy, well, this 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 guy is, is no dummy. This this uh, this uh, uh, brother Kaepernick is is a, a member of uh, Kappa Alpha Psi, where achievement uh, in every field of uh, human endeavor is encouraged. Uh, I understand he was on the dean's list. I understand many of the uh, coaches and scouts uh, said he was one of the uh, highest IQ quarterbacks uh, coming out in his draft class. Um, one of the highest IQ quarterbacks that uh, they've mentioned uh, that they've seen in some time. Uh, so, so this this guy ain't no dummy. Um, you know, he was he was educated in some of the best schools um, um, growing up. So, uh, you know, you're not dealing with not that I'm trying to stereotype and lump folks in, you know, into some, but you're not dealing with the the NFL. NFL's not dealing with their typical uh, player that they're used to dealing with. And so you say, well, Rob, you can't put everybody in a group. Well, I, I, in this sense, I, I am because this is the way they've always, this is standard operating procedures uh, with them. And they've gotten away with it because obviously up until this time, no one has really challenged that establishment. And that's what they're, yeah. that's what they're, they're, they're having these issues with. And, and truly, truly, this is the first time that the NFL has ever been met with this type of resistance. Going back in the history of sports, uh, folks remember in the 60s or 70s, it was Kirk Flood, who at that time was playing with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. And he um, he was traded to the Philadelphia Phillies. And at that time, I loved my Phillies to death, but the, uh, it was well known in, in, in the uh, Major League Baseball uh, that the Philadelphia Phillies and the Boston Red Sox were arguably the two most racist uh, sports franchise, not just baseball franchises, but sports franchises in America, and, and Kurt Flood said, "Absolutely not. I'm not going to uh, go into Philadelphia." 
you're not you know you're not going to treat me like I'm a slave and just trade me on the market uh, and hence uh, he, he he took everything to court and hence now we have free agency this is what so all these brothers now that's getting all these big contracts when they sign these big free agent contracts what, what hurts me is they never pay homage to Kirk Flood because without Kirk Flood challenging the system and Major League Baseball back in them days was bigger than what the NFL is right now because you know baseball was king it was the national pastime um, so by him making those challenges and making that making that happen uh, these brothers in all the sports now have an opportunity to be free agent but football basketball made their breakthroughs you know with Bill Russell and those guys that and um, Chuck Cooper back in those days when they made they, some groundbreaking things in the NBA. You know, right now the, the NBA is, is God. You know, the free agencies. I mean, these guys getting hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, you know, your, your, your basic scrubs. And so the NFL players are now looking at the NBA players. They say, hey, listen, remember we, you know, a lot, and a lot of these NFL players, they're, they're, they're basketballers as well. So they came through high school and AAU. They, they played on the circuit. They just, their past, you know, led them to the NFL as opposed to the NBA because maybe they weren't tall enough, but they, they had game and skill themselves. And they're saying they're their former AAU teammates making quadruple the money that they're making and should, most certainly ain't taking the hits that these guys are, are taking. So you're starting to see this. And I think the NFL, with, with, with the concussion uh, controversy, uh, with with the, the the white supremacy um, in innuendos that that go on uh, and symbolism that goes on in the NFL, I think the NFL right now is starting to feel it and they're starting to get that resistance. And it, 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 you know, every movement only takes one person. It took Rosa Parks to sit, you know, sit in the front of the bus to spark a big national civil rights movement. So it only takes one, and I think that's what they're really trying to do. They're trying to break this brother in. He like as you mentioned, he's playing chess while they're playing checkers. Yeah, and I think you. you I'm glad you raised Kurt Flood and and the, and the power that these brothers uh, have in trying to control not only the narrative, like in the Kaepernick situation, but their lives and their livelihood because they know that they are bringing in billions of dollars uh, to uh, this um, industry. You know, running up and down the field. Um, Yet, you know, when they take a stand, um, like say, like with Zeke, oh, how can he? He signed a contract and he should live by it. Like, but they break contracts all the time. They can let you go, you know. Uh, you know, your your money's not guaranteed, so on and so forth. But when these brothers take a stand, they just say, "Hey, y'all can't do that." They should be happy to have that, you know, four million dollars. Like, look, I'm bringing in. I'm the, the bell. I'm the, the you know the, the bell cow for this uh, organization. You know, making sure we're winning and you know filling the stands. Yet I want a larger piece of the pie. And then when they don't like when brothers are able to negotiate and have control, you look at the NBA. How you know LeBron even mad at LeBron for you know, moving from city to city, or these other players colluding with one another to uh, you know place where like they was upset with Durant, upset with Kawhi. Like how can they make this happen? How can they orchestrate, you know, pull the strings? And that's the thing that these owners and these media types have a fear of is that the brothers are taking control of their um, destiny in a, in, a, in a sense. And that's why we hence this this show we call it psychological warfare. They are um, 
on attack. But they're on attack right now, and we have to stay steadfast because they want our minds. Brother Walter. Yes, Brother Brown and Doc and Dr. Wright, I appreciate you for stepping into the show this evening. We're definitely going to have a lot more to come uh, because there's a lot of content out there that needs to be covered, and we need to bring the grassroots understanding to the people that that have, you know, they're not privy to to be behold the information that we're able to give to them. So we like to have this informative type uh, platform to get the information out to the people. So with that being said, uh, this was another great uh, broadcast. Uh, the real, the real, the jump off. I'm your host, Walter Damager. And this is Rob the Jetta. And again, we want to thank Dr. Wright for joining us. And hopefully you can come back and speak with us all and give us your perspective on some other uh, topics uh, dealing with uh, sports, culture, or, or whatever. All right, Curtis thanks, brothers. Appreciate it. Thank you. Peace. Peace.